0: I first met Anna in 2015 when I auditioned for a part in a play she wanted to make about her father. I can honestly say that I don't think I have clicked with anyone as quickly as I clicked with her. We have that rare thing of sharing the exact same sense of humour, giving me the comfort that it's not just me who finds the weirder things in life funny. I have met my match in Anna. She is far more than just a funny woman though. She is a deeply talented and hardworking theatre director, and an incredibly warm, honest and loyal friend that I feel incredibly lucky to have met. I'm sure I speak for so many in saying that I love Anna far more than I should, given the relatively short amount of time that I've known her, and I will forever feel incredibly proud to call her a friend. Thank you for being my extraordinary, ordinary guest today. Hello.
1: That is the nicest thing anyone has ever said. That thank
0: is you. a immediate lie, <laughs> as the first thing you have said. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Now, um, thank you, yeah, thanks Joyce. I should set the scene. Um, yep. We are in a meeting room in a fashionable home and clothing shop somewhere in King's Cross. Yes. Which is unusual. I don't even know really why or how we're here, but it's perfect. Uh, Good. So, uh, yeah, as you well know, your life in its entirety has always fascinated me, probably more than most people you've met. And I'm going to have to restrain myself throughout this interview to not delve into it in such detail as it's gone for about four hours. Okay. You know that I could talk about your life. It's not completely irrelevant of talking about your dad. Yes. For hours, because it's been. Someone will write a film or a book about it. <laughs> I, will, I will probably write a film or a book about it at some point. So I'll try and be more precise than just random ambling and talking about your life. Anyway, uh, you grew up in Yorkshire, 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 Yorkshire. Yes. Let's get that out system. Your favourite place. Yeah, my favourite place in the world. In what you have described as quite a poor mining
1: Yes, although my family will probably kill me for that. Um, um, war, uh, poor mining town in terms of what is there, but very rich in terms of the people and the warmth of the place. I don't. We were there recently for like a... Every time people come, my family are just the loveliest people and you will always leave with something, which I I think that's one of the reasons I like Yorkshire. I don't know if it's the same for you, but for me.
0: Yes. Where specifically in
1: Yorkshire? I'm from Doncaster um, and... I think my dad was a miner in the Stainforth and Hatfield colliery, um, where he was a foreman of the mine, and my family had lived there forever, and we used to live in one of the mining houses, um, and moved after he died. But it's a really, everyone kind of knows everybody, and it's just, it is, in terms of like, I think the mines closing really affected the area quite strongly, in terms of jobs and finance. And
0: did it close before or after he died? (laughs)
1: In actually kind of t- mm, a mixture of both. I think as he was very sick, so he was sick for about two years, it was kind of closing and reopening, but I, because I was quite young, it's a little bit blurry, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, but the strikes were happening, because I know my mom was in a video about the strikes on TV. The strikes were happening, he, it stayed open, then it closed, then it reopened, then it closed, which I think happened with a lot of the mines.
0: Right, how are yeah. we? when when he passed
1: away? So I was 11 when he passed away or had had turned 11 the year like a couple of weeks afterwards but I'd known he'd been sick since I was nine. Um,
0: And understood the severity of it then? um,
1: I don't know. I don't know if I've told you this actually. So my parents, I remember really specifically my parents sitting in front of me and telling me that he was, like it was a terminal illness and I didn't quite... We were supposed to be going on holiday to uh, Malta, I think, and I'd really been looking forward to it. And it had been something that we'd been saving for for ages, and it was like, oh, we're going to Malta, we're going to Malta. And then they told me, and they said, and I think the first question I asked was, are we still going to Malta? And I really, really got angry at myself for a long time afterwards because I was like, what what a horrible thing. But actually, in hindsight, I think I was just too young to register. What that meant, and because he kind of put himself up for some trials in terms of drugs treatment, and it was, you know, I think it was lung cancer, so at that time it was just, there was just no chance, and they caught it very late. So I think basically I didn't, I did know what it meant, and I knew that he was going to die, but it didn't, when it happened, it wasn't very, it was very, it felt very sudden, even though he'd been sick for so long. Yeah. So it was a bit of a, uh, yeah. I think it's just very surreal. But I, don't, I I don't I don't know if everybody says that. Well
0: I not mm. see it through the eyes of a nine year old that it's like, oh my god are we still going on holiday. Yeah, that's, again, but yeah, that sounds awful.
1: Well, sounds like, that's, that's I was normal. more upset about not going on holiday. I yeah. remember that quite strongly and thinking I'm, thinking I'm just this awful person. And then and then again like looking at it later, when I was maybe eighteen, where I started to process things a bit more, I think I was like that was just me going, I can't I can't handle this. I'm gonna focus my anger and disappointment on something else.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, and so that took a while. (laughs) Is that
0: up to nine to 18 to? Well, my mum and I
1: didn't speak about it for a very long time. Like a really long time. And then when we started, I actually don't think I spoke to her about my dad very much until we started making Ash. So when I was
0: 23.
1: And Ash is the play that? Yeah, Ash is the play about my dad. And I I think my mum was very surprised I was making it. Obviously, I can't speak for her. But it'd been this unspoken thing, and he died on February the 11th. Um, and every February the 11th, it was also the birthday of the couple that I was living with in London. Um, and every February the 11th, I'd always get a message from her saying, are you okay? And we both knew what it meant, and I'd always message back, we be like, yeah, fine. But I, I think she, thought I didn't know. Like, didn't remember it was that day. But it took us a very long time to speak about him. And the only reason that we did was because of Ash. Yeah. Um and then we spoke a lot about it, which is very interesting.
0: And was it just the three of you growing up? Or the other S- siblings?
1: So my siblings are a lot older than I am. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um my sister just had her fiftieth birthday. Right, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> in yeah. Munich. Um so my sisters were kind of in their must have been 20, 30s. Mm-hmm. And they had their own families, their own kids. So but our family are very together. So growing up I f- it felt a bit like an only child, but my sisters have children, so mm-hmm. We grew up as kind of a gaggle of seven six seven of us
0: but in terms of dealing with his death was it very much you and your mum? yeah me and my
1: mum. but i was also in school in london yeah. so it felt very separate so my i think my dad died on a monday morning that i was due to go back to school and then i started school again the week after so monday to monday i started straight away and i, I do remember going to school for the first time quite really really strongly actually And everyone, like, I remember walking in. I was met at reception by a teacher. And then I walked in and everyone, like, looked at me. Mm. And obviously they'd been told and briefed and everything, but no one knows what to say. And I don't know what to say. So it was very awkward. Um, And I think Father's Day was quite soon afterwards. And they sent, like, a letter to all the kids saying, like, can your dad come in to, like, help paint the school and stuff?
2: Yeah.
1: And they, like, had hid the letter from me. So that because they didn't want to upset me, I, th- I think that was it. But no one really knows what to say. But my family are quite no nonsense, so it was really just like not saying. that mental health is nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are ve- they're very kind of like my uncle had a heart attack a, a couple, like a year ago, mm-hmm. and two weeks later, we're like, oh, you're not back at work yet, as a joke. But I think that's the way that they deal with that kind of thing. It's just like keep going, it will, you'll be fine. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's good.
2: Yeah,
0: I was going <laughs> to say actually that the. the stereotype of what I picture like that generation Mm. your dad Yorkshireman minor, yeah is probably not overly emotional like what sort of what sort of man was he was he like that yeah
1: well from what I remember very affectionate yeah which in a way but then actually I got a video a couple like two years ago maybe a year and a half ago my sisters gave me a video which had a load, like holiday stuff with my dad and my dad with me and i was like oh my god it's gonna be beautiful i can't remember my dad's voice it's gonna be like this epic moment of remembering like what accent did he have what did he sound like and actually in the video he's been really mean to me and i was like wow okay that's different because he was like telling me off for something um i think when you i think because i was so young everybody tells you things afterwards like your dad was like this, your dad was like this and I, from what I remember of him, he, was, he used to work a lot of nights um, so I'd get home from school and he would sneakily take me to McDonald's and be late for a shift because of it he was very very keen on me going to school in London because I think he saw education as being like a step out of that and something else um, and so he was really when I went to London I didn't want to be there I was like I want to go home and my mum, I think, would have let me come home, but my dad was like, she's staying there. Yeah. So I think he really wanted what was best for me, which could have come across as harsh. But um, I think there was a lot of love there. But again, I mean, he, used to take, he had a Manchester United season pass. He used to take me to that. I remember him getting into a fight with somebody uh, whilst we were there. I used to love David Beckham. Um but he got into a fight because Rio Ferdinand had joined. I'm yeah. really bad with football. Yes, he had, yeah. And everyone was shouting, I think, the C-word at him
2: mm-hmm.
1: because he'd come from Leeds. He did, yeah. I don't know how I remember this. this but, <laughs> um he was they were all shouting the C-word at him as he came on. it was his first game. And it, I think he turned around and was like, Could you not say that my kids here? And the guy said, I'll say what I want and I remember them having a fight and then him telling me not to, like, you can't tell your mum this happened. I think he did a lot of that, like, don't tell your mum this happened and we'd get a pet. Or like right. some, so my mum isn't a keen animal lover that he'd like bring home a, a hamster or a dog
2: yeah.
1: so yeah I yeah. everybody always tells me when I see them they'll say like oh you're George's daughter I'm known as George's daughter as opposed to oh you're Anna mm-hmm. um, and they'll always say he had an incredible sense of humour um, and was always laughing so
0: yeah I there. guess the unusual thing about losing a, a parent young as young as you is that you must have your memories of him, which is mm. the way you picture him, and then like you said, everything that everyone says about it, which is yeah. maybe even more of a clearer picture than him because you must struggle to remember so much stuff.
1: Yes, but people always say only positive things, of course, which yeah. I think, which is great. And I, I mean, no one's going to say anything negative about your dead parent, but at the same time, you remember negative things, right? And, um, so it's hard to kind of shape a realistic picture because I think when people die, they become something else um but I went to I went to see this might be like too much but I went to see a therapist like when I was 17 18 for it because I I hadn't I just blocked it I think um and kind of gone with this whole I'm not it didn't really affect me Mm -hmm. I just carried on and they said that at 11 you're old enough to have created a really like intense relationship but you're not mature enough to have developed like to figure out how to cope with that yeah. so 11 is like the worst age you can lose a parent compared with 15 when you you, you can actually start to process that as a human yeah. and younger you just don't really you haven't created as much of a connection so I remember that being like a textbook thing I don't know how much I agree with that but
0: so how, how do you think you did cope then? if you weren't mm-hmm. overly talking about it and you just got that Text once a, a year from your mum, whatever it was, you weren't talking about it too much. Your mum, did you no. block it out and not think about it, or did you think about it a great deal? with not feel comfortable talking to, say, a therapist or a school teacher or a member of your family, and it took until you were 17, 18 to deal with it. How, what was your memory of being 11 to 18, of relationship, thinking of your dad?
1: I think before, I think my mum says this a lot as well, but before I was 11, I think I was a very different person. I was very, very positive, um, and I was very like yeah I think quite religious in a way. um and then I think after that, I think it changes your kind of perception like the worst thing that you think could happen to you has happened, so bad things can happen. That's quite dark, but you you're then kind of like, well, if that's happened and I'm still okay, then things will be okay. so but yeah. I think I said earlier, like a lot of my friends' parents have are not alive anymore without realizing it it's not like something we said, it's something I figure out kind of a month into knowing somebody. Mm-hmm. And we all have a similar sense of humour, which is quite dark, um, quite cynical, quite laughing about things maybe you shouldn't laugh about. But I think that comes from that. So I think between 11 and 18, I was figuring that out a bit and like this had happened. We didn't speak, I didn't really speak to anyone about it until I was 15. And then I think I started processing. I didn't really cry. I don't think I cried about it. I remember my mum saying don't cry at the funeral. Um, awesome. but no, 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 I think, I, th- I think there was a reason for it. I don't know what the reason is though, but (laughs) I think she said, she said, don't cry at the funeral. And then I had my teeth out a couple, like, something happened with my teeth, like, a couple of weeks later. And 11's weird anyway, because you're starting to get really embarrassed by your parents. And I was living in London, so I didn't really. Me and my mum were quite separate. But I was at the dentist, and they said, we have to take your teeth out, and I'm really scared of needles. And um, so afterwards, I started, like, throwing up, and I was throwing up outside the dentist, and she was like, don't do that, everyone will think it's because of your dad, and all of this. And I was like, Again, in hindsight, I'd be like, "Mm." or like at the doctors. She seemed to want to present it to people that my dad was dead more than I did. Right. So at the doctors, I think I had a chest infection. I didn't want her to come in with me. This is the last time my mum was inside a doctor's room with me. And she said, I think she's worried because her dad died of lung cancer. And I was like, Ah, no, that's not it. But I think she was more worried for me without saying it than I was (laughs) telling.
0: That sounds unusual that she's saying to people. Her dad but also, she's saying, "Don't cry at the funeral. Yeah, Don't yeah, yeah, cry yeah. because I think yeah, yeah, yeah. it's sort of
1: She's a super strong conscious. woman. Yeah. Like I really look up to my mum It took us a while to figure out what our mm. relationship is.
0: Mm.
1: We didn't really get on. I think she would again. She'd say that, but we did not get on until I was probably twenty-three. 23 when oh. she got lung cancer as well, mm. and um, I, th- I freaked out because I think my because my dad had had lung cancer and he died. She said the word lung cancer and he just triggered loads it of did, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I know everyone kind of, I think, she, I, because she, it took me a while to figure out that my mum was a woman who had lost her husband. For sure. And became suddenly like a single mum. And I've never thought of my mum as a single mum. But she, I mean, she is. <laughs> but um, I've never really felt, I don't even know what it would be like to have a dad mm. now. So I don't feel like I'm missing anything.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Which sounds callous because obviously I'd love him to be here. But I think at 15, I was kind of like, oh, this has happened. And I'm not going to have a dad for major life events. So maybe 15, 16 is when you're starting to think about university yeah, and then what yeah, happens. Yeah. I think that's the first time it was started going, oh, this has happened. Um, but before that, you're kind of like, well, I miss him, but he's not coming back, so yeah. you just get on with it.
0: Who was the person you first opened up to when you fifteen, 15, to talk about?
1: Uh, my best friend Will, yeah, yeah really. Uh, spoke to him a lot about it. My dad left me a letter, uh, which is not the one in ash.
2: No.
1: no. Uh, he left me a separate one, um, which is very surreal to 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 read as well because it's got like, I sound really negative, but like it's got lots of spelling mistakes in it. And it's re- no, really, really. Yeah. And I think we had a computer which was my dad loved and he i think he thought about handwriting it but he wrote it on a computer and i'm really annoyed at him i wish he'd handwritten it so i could see his handwriting For sure. yeah. but he left me a letter kind of talking like be nice to my mom and she's amazing and all of these lovely things about my mom and and how education was important and i think i like i i think i showed that letter to will which i'd never showed to anyone else because mm. at my dad's funeral i got given this letter and I spoke to my mum about this, and I was really angry at my mum for so long, because we got this letter. It felt super, super personal, and she kind of handed it around to all her friends. And one of her friends' lipstick had got on the envelope, and I just, oh, I blew, I yet. got yeah. really, I was, I really held it, and I, she had no idea. Mm-hmm. And I got really, I came out, I think later on, it maybe when I was 18 to 20, just being like, I cannot believe you did that. I really will never forgive you for that. Yeah. And she was like, I didn't even know. That I'd done
2: that.
1: Yeah. But wherever I go, because I travel a lot, wherever I go in the world, that letter is with me. I always take it with me. Yeah, like I always, and yeah. I lose a lot of things, but I always know where that is. Then,
0: so do you read it often or do you must know mm. it by heart? Or do you, When is it that you go and revisit it?
1: You know, when you go through all your stuff, when you're leaving a place, mm. I will, I, it will always pop up because I need to make sure I'm taking it home and I'll read it then. Yeah. So it seems like very transitional. Mostly when I'm going from, like, if I've lived in... So I was living in China, so I was in for four months. I read it when I left there. Or when I was in Paris, I read it when I left there. When I'm leaving places. But that's not a purposeful thing. I've not gone, I'm going to read this while I transition. It just happens.
0: And have you spoken to your siblings about it? Have you spoken... Not about the letter, but... And you know, did you, at some point, grieve together? Was there too mm. big an age gap?
1: Too... No, I, I don't... I, again, it was, I think it was weird because I was in London. Yeah. And...
0: So you were in school London, you were living with another family? Or it yeah, another couple. two
1: yeah. A couple who were lovely, but didn't have children. Mm-hmm. And so they'd ended up with this 11-year-old whose dad had died and... I, oh my God, it must have been really tough for them as well. But um, basically, I, my sisters say really nice things about my dad constantly. And they know him as as adult. They knew him yeah, as an as yeah, adult. Yeah. Yeah. And they in were in their like, 20s, Yeah, they'd awesome. be like, George. And they they called him George. They'd be like, oh, George was like this. George was like this. And my mum said that him him and her had a very tempestuous relationship. She likens it to Kate and Patricia from The Taming of the Shrew. Okay. Which I remember very clearly, them fighting a lot. But I apparently in a very loving way. Mm. Very fiery. And so she... Um, They'll tell me like my dad wasn't scared of telling my mom to kind of apparently like cat he as like shut up Jen
0: because nice.
1: he's very really, and my mom like you don't you don't really tell my mom shut up she's very uh
0: powerful
1: yeah she's <laughs> very powerful so I think he kind of evened her out which is nice to hear from my siblings but also makes me feel like I don't know not I haven't seen that side of my mum really mm-hmm. I can't really imagine my mum with anyone else and she hasn't dated anyone else since so I think for me it's like my mum's partner, that she misses, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: but with no sentiment. I don't think I've ever seen my mum upset about it.
0: Really?
1: Never seen, no.
0: Do you speak about it more since Ash? Or you did Ash, mm. you spoke about it, and then it's gone back to not overly delving into it?
1: I think this is, I think everybody imagines this, like, Americanized version of speaking to your mum about your dead father. Okay, here we go. That's not what we did. We just, I just said, look, I'm doing this show, I need to know some information that I do not know, i.e., where is my dad from? What was his childhood like? What are the names of it? Because he was one of nine. his brothers and sisters? How did you guys meet? Yeah. What happened? Because the story that came, the story that started Ash was um, my dad and mum, they'd known each other for ages. He'd really fancied her. She had no idea. She wasn't interested. She was a barmaid. And then he said, can I walk you home? She said, yes. Um, and she kept putting her cigarette out. He said, why are you doing that? And she said, well, I don't, you know, I don't have enough money. She um, was living in a council house. He walked her home, said, you're not coming in. That's fine. Um, And then she went to bed and then the next morning he'd put a packet of cigarettes through her door, which she said was more romantic than flowers and chocolates because he really understood her. I was like, oh, that's really sweet, but that's also really messed up. Yeah. um, Seeing as they both got lung cancer. Um, And that's where Ash came from. So I wanted more clarification on that story and also just what happened and then it kind of snowballed into speaking a little bit more regularly about it bringing his name up a bit more um which hadn't happened before mm. but it didn't again it wasn't like this big sit down cathartic kind of thing i think whenever i've had a boyfriend i've spoken to them about it yeah. and i don't know if anyone else has said this but i think when your dad has died your relationships with men change tremendously. Is that a word?
0: Tr-normously. Tr-normously. Enormously. Enormously. Tremendously, tremendously, Enormously. Tremendously. Yes, oh now. yeah,
1: I also feel like I smell like curry a lot and I'm really sorry.
0: I was in the same curry
1: house. That's <laughs> fun. A need. Yeah, um There we go. Yeah. I think your relationship with men change hugely. In
0: what way? Um,
1: again this might be like a very kind of therapy textbook thing, but because you don't have that male figure in your life, apparently you try and replace that with the men that you're in relationships with. Mm-hmm. Um, and expect an enormous amount of them, um, emotionally and that kind of thing. So they try, you try and make them fill in those two roles of boyfriend, partner, and to an extent father, but not in a kind of electra sure, way. Sure,
0: sure.
1: Has anyone else said that?
0: Um, no, but but everyone else was a little bit older when they lost their dad. Okay. I've not spoken to anyone who was as young as you. Okay. So
1: That apparently isn't a really normal might, thing.
0: There were... I guess it must have be been 18 or 21 when they lost the dad. So they okay. was sort of already, you know, Started not having relationships. Adults, but they but, uh, but can live independently of, of yeah. their dad. was yeah. 11, you're still very much, you know, you need a dad more, more than ever, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, although I always, for a long time, I thought, um, and this is just me, I think it's probably easier as a woman to lose your father, and this is just me, really, genuinely mm. just me, I think it's easier as a woman to lose your father than your mother, um, because I think your mum is teaching you so much about how to be a woman. Right. And I, I know people who's, who have lost their mums, who have been like, I didn't, I didn't know how anything about, like... Yeah. And crude, but, like, time of the month and all of that. But, yeah, I don't think you get a male perspective too much in your life.
0: Well, one of the things I'm thrilled to say about you are the third girl friend of mine that I have interviewed... All three of you who lost your dads have all got world-class men in your life now.
1: I do, but I can't feel them. Not But you've got. A joke. But you can say no. You can talk. I can talk about him, just not as Good. who he is. He's
2: an extraordinary man.
1: <laughs> he's lovely. He's amazing. But he's got. I think he's got a very complicated relationship with his parents. Yeah. Um, and actually, because he's got such a complicated relationship with his dad, and I don't have a dad. I push him to have a relationship with his dad.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Like a lot more. Mm -hmm. I think because I'm aware that they can disappear quite easily. So I'll be like, you need to go see your dad or you need to do this with your dad. And he'll be like, okay. Oh, yeah.
0: That's one of the most surprising things to happen since I've started doing this podcast is Mm -hmm. people get in touch with me and say that they've reassessed their relationship with their parents. Really? they wanted to connect more of being aware of the distance, or you know, saying you know, mm. when you talk to people who've lost one, you know, yeah. it, that time's finite. Make the most of it.
1: Yeah. Although maybe from eleven. Yeah. You know, I, I actually was really awful to my mum. I said I think when I was sixteen, I really tried to hurt my mum. I said I wish it had been you instead of my dad, which is the worst thing you can say to somebody. Yeah. I think I think she knew why I was saying it because my dad and I were incredibly close. Right. And he liked roller coasters, and he took me on that kind of. He was much more adventurous than my mum, and he took me on that kind of side. And I think after he died, I started getting scared of things a bit more
2: mm.
1: and much more cautious, whereas I think he was a bit more of a thrill-seeker. Right. Wow. But, and again, so when I was speaking to the girl who'd lost her mother, she'd said the same thing to her dad. So I think it's a normal thing that happens. Obviously, you feel terrible, and it should never be said, but actually, if you're going through a lot of emotions, stuff happens when you're a teenager. Where, and I, it's hard when one parent has gone particularly if you felt closer to the other one but I in in hindsight I think if my mum had because again my mum had lung cancer and it was really she could have very easily died they removed her lung it's a very tricky operation to remove a lung but she was saying um I think actually like I'd be a very different person if it had been my mum but in some ways I'm really grateful it wasn't my mum because she's I think she would have coped and again, like someone said this to me recently, I was really shocked that she said it. She said I wish it. I said that to my dad, because if my if it had been my mum instead of my dad, I think my mum would have coped a lot better than my dad did. And I think my mum coped in like really, really well with it. Yeah. I I can't imagine like losing a husband at that age, and having a ten-year-old child who yeah. is going to school in London, and just not like really in a very transitional phase. And what do you do but also financially what do you do because he was the he was the main earner so it's very um i don't think i didn't think about my mum for a long time yeah which yeah
0: <laughs> I can't yeah i mean god it's lonely at the best of times to lose a, a husband to lose a husband when your daughter doesn't even live at home yeah
1: and also doesn't is really angry at you yeah, yeah. yeah i feel for my mum but not in a sympathetic way <laughs> She didn't
0: with okay. me. Yeah, um, I want to talk actually briefly about the role that smoking played in their lives. Yeah, tell briefly that story about them. Yes. F- effectively falling in love over the cigarettes. Yeah. Um, in a way, and I, I'll never forget. She came to watch Ash. Yes. And I, yeah, spoke
1: to I her wasn't afterwards. there. You weren't there. No, I wasn't there.
0: I was, you were always there. <laughs> no, <And laughs> it I, was Edinburgh. It was right. the one
1: time I wasn't there. She went to see it. Yeah,
0: perfect. Yes. And I, I spoke to her afterwards, and I remember asking her because yeah, your dad passed away from. Smoking related to cancer? Yeah. Your mum then got lung cancer, lost her, and survived. Yeah. And I remember asking her if you could, this is a way overly personal question for me to ask your no, mum, but, have... I, but I did. I said, if you could have redone it all over again and smoking played no part in your relationship, would you have done it? And she said, no. She said, smoking was so important to our relationship. We mm-hmm. shared so many wonderful memories. While smoking, you know that love story. In fact, we started with smoking. Mm. But even though she lost a lamb and a husband because of it, she wouldn't have done it any differently. Which is bonkers to me. I
1: yes, yes and no.
0: Mm.
1: So I think you know because you've been in the ash process that we've tried not to make any judgments on smoking. Mm -hmm. It's hard because, like you know, we drink, we eat sugar, we love stuff which is really bad for us. But we have fun, um, and I think it's kind of similar with the smoking thing. There, there are pros to it. I'm not endorsing smoking in any way, but like it really does go through class boundaries. Like you'll hear like people having a chat over a cigarette and lending a lighter, and it really like started conversations.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's a very social thing. I didn't like it as a child, but I don't think any child likes it. Did your parents smoke?
0: Uh, no. No,
1: no one's ever smoked, around? Uh, no. I remember growing up with just clouds of smoke everywhere and like cars and just wanting to open the window to let it out. My mum doesn't smoke anymore um, and she went like completely cut it off after having her lung out. But she didn't stop while she had cancer. I was really angry at them both for a long time for doing it because I think like with my dad if he hadn't then maybe I'd have had him for a lot longer but then they wouldn't have met. It's a really complicated thing yeah. but at the end of the day I think adults can do what they want to do I find the marketing very messed up but you know that as well sure, yeah. the marketing is so it. messed up
0: did you ever smoke I did yeah for yeah.
1: a year after a really bad breakup I started smoking because I was like I'm gonna do this and I didn't enjoy it I've never enjoyed it
0: what do your mum think of it
1: I don't know if she knew
0: right, yeah. did she
1: know I don't think so I don't. I don't think I I think I was very scared to tell her, even though she'd been a chain smoker. Our parents didn't want us to smoke. Yeah. I remember that, and not. All, I think maybe the the boys do, but the girls don't, in our family. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Smoking was a big thing growing up. It's now changed to the e-cigarettes. True. True. Oh, gosh, I don't like those either. <laughs>
0: Um, so your dad. I know, remember you saying in the beginning that your everyone knows each other in your town, mm. and particularly the pub where your mum was the
1: Broadway. Yeah, yeah, the Broadway, yep. yeah,
0: okay, the Broadway. Yep. The Broadway. Yep. Um, we should have done this in the Broadway. hadn't
1: Oh cool. my god, no, we went. It was it was uh, not what everybody else was expecting. but, but Totally been, what I expected. I would
0: have been bullied out for something like this. Anyway. <laughs> I would not fit in. Um, but. Yeah, so everyone knows each other. Everyone's very friendly. I remember yeah. you always saying that the front door was always open. People come and go. Yeah. Um, and your dad, by the sounds of things, was a popular man. You know, yes knew loved your. From dad, what I've
1: been told. And yeah. And still talk about
0: him. Mm. So, what, how did your his friends, your mum's friends, come together immediately after he passed away? Were they on hand? Were they good with you? Were they? Did they move in or bring food or you know, what? what I there? was away,
1: yeah. so it's. it's I actually don't know. I haven't spoken to my mum about this. I know he had a really good friend called Tony, which we replaced with the character that you played, Neil. Yes. Um, And they would randomly take us on day trips, like me and my mum. So I think he was trying to be there. But I think my mum is, again, my mum's one of nine. So I I think her sisters really came together for her. And they're part of the School of Economic Science. They're kind of sanskrit thing that they do and go on residentials and that kind of thing and so i think my mom really put herself into that with her sisters yeah and really threw herself into that whereas i was very i think i was a bit out of it to be honest i don't i i'm gonna ask my mom this question afterwards because i haven't asked her but like i don't know if anyone actually like thought about the fact the same way that I would, that if I had a kid who was 10, who was going to school in a di- like, in a different place, which is very jarring in itself, and living with a couple that you don't know, which is also extremely jarring, and your dad's just died, I don't think there was, like, much put on it, like, support. I don't think there was much there, like, making sure it was okay, apart from just unconditional love.
2: Yeah.
1: But I don't think anyone actually just thought, like, this has happened. But I do remember being thought of as like the kid whose dad died at school.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think
1: that's the thing. There's some, have other people said that as well?
0: The, yeah, people have joked about there being a dead, a dead dad club. So yeah, like, definitely. Like, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, definitely.
1: I think my uh, my friend Oscar, his dad died in a car a really full on car accident. Was in a coma for ages, and then they they thought he was going to get better and relearn everything, and then they went to France on a holiday, and while they were on holiday, his dad died of pneumonia in the hospital. Yeah. And I think he'd never spoken to anyone about it. And I, by that point, I think I was 22 and I was kind of not over it, but, like, had accepted it would happen, it had happened, I was okay about it. And it was interesting being there for someone whose parent had died in a completely different way, who was absolutely not over it at all, yeah. had not registered it, didn't want to, like, didn't know how to talk about it at all. He looked very similar to his father, which was really tough for his mum. So I think it's very... um but we have the same sense of humour, and we will rip each other to shreds about dads. And like, he will say things about my dad, and things that other people think are awful. And I'll say things about his dad that are absolutely awful. But I think it's a coping mechanism.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, if I look at it in that kind of way, but I think people just think we're awful because we're really For sure. I wi- have
0: witnessed it. Yeah, it's, the, bad, it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's you do a lot. Is well, I guess we were making a play about your dad's. So yeah, you're, yeah. You're, I think you have to have a sense of humour. Incredibly, your humour with regards to it, is incredibly dark. It is... It
1: has to be, I don't know. To stop taking the
0: piss out of my dead dad. Yeah. Like, you taking the piss out of your own dead dad. Yes. And even before this, like we're gonna talk about my dead dad. Like, you're so blasé about it, and comical about it. But in a way, you know, I think, my interest in this podcast is, is to come to you you how do your friends react. Now, obviously, you were eleven, mm. so your friends were they were unright- But also, I was
1: very new in the school, so and uh, I was like this kid with a Yorkshire accent. Who kids or well, other kids were asking like, "Do you have running water and electricity?" Right. Yeah. So it was like an automatic. I think someone had told other kids to be nice to me. I, it was really tough,
2: True.
1: but they and my accent changed everything. Yeah. Had to to try and fit in with this type of girl mm. that I was currently in a school with. But I I don't think they get that sense of humour.
0: No one gets that sense so well.
1: <laughs> No, they do. If you've got Everyone a dead dad,
0: but feels guilty that they're laughing. Do
1: they? I don't I know. Harry laughed doesn't. a
0: lot about you. Yeah, well, it's got to the point now where your friends make these jokes about your dead dad.
1: Harry wrote me a birthday card from my dead dad. Harry
0: is a dark... <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Harry, for those that don't know, is the man that played Anna's dad in the play, Ash. And yet yeah, he is... Well, luckily we're such good friends that he can't do that and go over there. He, there
1: he made a joke about it 10 minutes ago, saying he would be the voiceover of my dead dad. He did,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Like, literally, I... But I I, I suppose, like, no, nah, it's hard when other people's parents are not dead. It's very, right. really difficult for me, but that's obviously a horrible thing to say. But I don't know how to be around other parents, about other people's dads, Right. I cannot be around other people's dads, I find it really awkward I don't know how to speak to them, mm-hmm. I don't understand that relationship, I find older men and young younger women relationships a bit creepy, so I, I there's something there that I need to go sort out obviously, but I think it's like I think there was one time when I was seventeen. I was at my friend's house, and she'd come home from school, and her dad was like at his computer, and she went and she gave him a hug, and the, he was on a spinny chair, and it spun, yeah. and I, it hit me, and I had to go to the kitchen and cry, and I'd never done it, like I really hadn't, and I just thought like, oh my god, like I wish I had that, yeah. but I don't. But so there's no point getting upset about it. I don't. I didn't. was interesting know.
0: from a, from a friend's point of view with yours, I guess, is that when you did eventually start talking about it, mm. this is six, seven years after it happened. Yeah. You're trying to open up to people who are trying to be good friends and supportive friends. to something that happened seven years ago. Yeah? yeah. It's no longer fresh in terms of time, but it's fresh in terms of you come to terms with it emotionally. Yeah. So, and you, you must have chosen the people you spoke to very carefully, given that you hadn't spoken for so long. You said you spoke to your best friend and showed them the best.
1: Yeah, I think it was a close, I was in a really close group of friends and we spoke about it a little bit. I, I can remember like sitting in a locker room talking to them about it. Because I think they'd all been quite curious, but nobody knows what to say.
0: They don't bring it up.
1: Yes. Sorry. And then you kind of, I think you put, you start doing this thing where, because they don't know what to say, but there is a curiosity about it and people want to know, you then have to be the one that speaks about it quite openly or don't speak about it at all.
0: Do you wish they push you more? Do you, Do you, in retrospect, wish someone had been like, come on, let's sit down and get this spoken about? No. Or are you going through your own journey and you're like, I'll, I'll speak about it, when I'm ready.
1: I think, again, when you're 14, 15... Someone's saying to you, you're going to sit down and talk to me about this. You're not there. You're not
0: mature enough.
1: No. And also, your friends are other 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds as you grow up. They're not, like, emotionally mature enough to deal with that at all. For sure. So, it must be really... Yeah, I think one of my friends cried because she just felt so bad about it. And I was like, why are you crying? like, Mm -hmm. But obviously, that was her feeling of it. I don't know what to say to other people when their parents die. I, really? I feel really... I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. That's a really horrible thing that's happened to you. As though it hasn't happened to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like, this has happened to me. If you need this, I can do this. I'm like, oh, God. Because I always think the way that their parents have died has been worse than mine. But in hindsight, it's not, because actually it was, ours was pretty rough. What do you mean, worse than
0: yours? The, the way that they've died? Yeah, like,
1: so we knew for a long time that he was going to die. Yeah. So my dad was very, like you want to talk to me ask me anything you want to say anything like all of that
0: and you think that's better than if it had been sudden mm,
1: yes and no okay. and i i have you, i'm assuming you've spoken to people who've had it both we've yeah. had both yeah
0: and i think i don't think there's a, obviously there's not. A no that, no answer.
1: well for me it's like if he'd have died suddenly i would have had a lot like oh my god what was the last thing i said yeah but then the last thing that happened i you know no. i think you know this my dad my dad was on a lot of drugs do you know
0: this that. Let's find out mm.
1: So my dad was on a lot of drugs pre-dying um, And he had a, a machine Which was constantly putting um, oh, What's morphine. morphine Yeah, of, because of the pain And they said like the drugs that he was taking Would have taken out a horse But he was still mowing the lawn and stuff like that And we had a very morbid sense of humour about it As he was getting sicker and sicker like His teeth would fall out in the middle of a garden centre As he was eating soup And he'd just like throw it away and laugh about it um, or things like oh yeah he was comp- he was having chemotherapy and radiotherapy which he never really showed us but I knew and um, his hair he kept complaining about needing haircuts what? and we'd be like oh my god all these other cancer patients are like crying because they're bald like stop complaining about your haircuts yeah, again yeah. that kind of sense of humour existed the entire time but then you see someone really disintegrates and I think my mum didn't realise I remembered as much of it as I have but my dad got very sick. And I, the last weekend I knew something. When I came home, they, my mum and dad would always pick me up at the train station on a Friday when I was traveling from London. And one week it was my brother and law and my sister. And I knew something was wrong because of that, but I still hadn't, I was like, no, this isn't gonna happen. And he was really sick and he was sleeping downstairs because it was difficult for him to get upstairs. He used to watch a lot of like nature documentaries and, um, and history documentaries. And I think the drugs had kind of just got to his mind a little bit, and he thought he was in World War I or II. I, I, did I tell you no, this? I, I haven't told you this. Okay. So, my last memory of my dad, this is the last thing he said to me. Um, he thought he was in World War II. He had like a cup that he thought was a bomb he was throwing it out of the conservatory windows, and he thought this was his morphine um, machine was a gun. And he didn't have a clue who I was, but he knew who my mum was, which hurt for a long time. But he pointed it at me as though it was a gun and said, get her out of here, get her out of here or I'll shoot her. And that's the last thing, that's the last word my dad ever said, said to that's me. to
0: your mum about to, you?
1: To me, like, get her out of here, get her yep. out of here or I'll shoot her. And then I went to bed and, and I was going to go to school the next day on the Monday. And then I felt like I'd been asleep for ages. But then I woke up and I knew it had, I know that's really weird, then, I knew it had happened. And then my mum came upstairs and she's like, Anna, it's happened. And I went downstairs and it was like eleven thirty. Um, but the doctor didn't get there till after midnight, so his date of death was the eleventh of Feb, but he died on the tenth of Feb. Which again, when I was eleven, I was really like, No, it's the tenth. And the doctor was like, No, it's the it has to be the eleventh because the time of death has been called. So I was really annoyed about that.
0: So he was in the house?
1: Yeah, he died in the house. Yeah.
0: All that time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, my mom didn't want me to see his body being carried out yeah. because she'd seen her dad's body being carried out and they'd like hit him on the side of walls and stuff. Mm-hmm. She was really keen I didn't see it, but I was very keen to see it. Uh, so we did and we closed the curtains. Then we had to call all the rest of the family at like two in the morning. And again, he'd been sick for two years. Everyone knew this was going to happen, but they'd call him up and they'd be like, oh, really over-dramatically, like, um, oh, Faye, he's dead. And then and she's like what do you mean who's dead It's George so then they do, then they start laughing yeah. so again like this sense of humour has definitely been in it throughout and this kind of like this is ridiculous and at his funeral there were too many people to fit into the um, into the place where the cremation happened and then people got very drunk at the, uh, yeah, they
2: often the do, wake
1: yeah. but there was a lot of love I think a lot of love there mm. but it was very um, yeah I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> oh, I
0: don't know, I must know a story that's, to, that's a good one. But do you remember. Oh, so difficult to say, but do you remember feeling sad during those 11 to 15 years? No. So, no, it was no. sort of just too young people. To, Were well, you then sad when you began talking about it? When you eventually did begin it? Yeah, so that's yeah, what I'm definitely. Grieving, sort of
1: begun yeah every now and again it'll hit me as well I, like I'm quite again within the ash process I would not have done that show if I wasn't ready to do it yeah. I would not have done a show about and I, I said this really early on to the group I said I want to make a show about my dad but it's not about me and it's not about my dad really it's just a story mm-hmm. that I think is interesting and I'd like to look at the tobacco industry as well
0: and you were 25, 6 were no, not 23. 23. 23 23, 24 okay so we are talking 12 years 12, 13 yeah.
1: years yeah And I think they were kind of like quite tentative about it. And then as they saw that I was not emotional about it, because I don't think it would have been healthy if I'd have been emotional about it. That show was not like, in some ways, yes, it was extremely cathartic, but it wasn't done in a way that felt like therapy. We didn't sit down as a cast and talk about like my, this is just if anyone had a question, I'd answer it in terms of a character perspective. Yeah. So that, it felt really removed, but in a good way, like a good way to talk about it. Um, it's also a comedy as well. So oh, yeah, that, it's a huge com- yeah. that plays
0: <laughs> yeah. a comedy. That It's tackling some pretty serious issues. Talking yeah. about smoking, and obviously it ends with this with this death. Mm. But it, you look at it as a comedy and you won't People cry. Them. I get
1: really confused.
0: A lot of people cry. Yeah,
1: I don't cry. I find it quite funny.
0: Yeah, but um, it affected a lot of people that came to watch it. A lot of people were see, I, a bit shaken at the end. Really? Yes. I don't
1: speak to people at the end. of
0: the bit that I'm about to tell you about, which... It, <laughs> You know what, we'll get into it. We'll, let's get to it now. Yeah. As you know, that's not Yeah. Cathartic in that you're finally opening up about it, you're finally talking to people about it, you're seeing it, is that it? You're um, witnessing their love story and their marriage on stage? No,
1: I think it's my idea of it, obviously not. it's not true, I mean, it in a highly stylized, physical way, it is true, but it's yeah. not exactly how it happened and we've had to change things and I didn't exist in the, in the play, which is really important the first time we did it the one that you were not part of we did a lot of things that were very odd and questionable and like got lungs and covered them in tar and looked more i think looked more at the uh tobacco industry than my parents story and then in the second version we looked more at the characters and the humanity of it and i i I think that was good that that happened a bit later i i knew i always knew it was gonna be a comedy yeah because i didn't think it i don't I'd never thought of it it as particularly dramatic. So to make a drama about it seems a bit weird. I don't know, would you make a drama about your own life? I don't know. It doesn't seem big enough in a way. That it's really, it's just like someone in my life has died. Everybody's parents will die at some point. Mine just happened to happen a bit earlier than it should have done. But it happened at the time it did. So I don't... Yeah... So for me, it just feels more like this kind of like very small story. Which didn't, we didn't go into it saying we're going to make people feel this way.
0: Yeah. About it Was the cathartic bit make the process of making it? Or was it the fact that you were sharing it so publicly, that strangers were coming in and witnessing this story, which is something, it's such a private thing to make public, you know? It's such an unusual way to go about dealing with a situation is to effectively tell strangers... In a the th- the theatre audience, the
1: story. I've never thought about it.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a really awful thing to say, but I know there was a girl making a show at the same time about her dad who died of, like, brain cancer, and it did really well at Edinburgh. And she'd been really... She had really struggled to talk about it, and she made it about her. And I remember speaking to her about it afterwards and being like, you are so brave, because it was about how you felt about it. With Ash... I could not have done that. I couldn't have said how I felt about it. And I think you can see that in the piece. It's presented as a story. It's not, how has this emotionally affected me? But I don't think that would have been healthy for me to do that. Yeah. And I've recently worked on a show where the girl is talking about how it's affected her really personally with her mother. And I've been in rehearsals where she's cried, where she's been really upset about it. And I've been like, oh my gosh, like, I couldn't do this. You guys are much braver than I am. So for me, it's not like we're telling... I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's mine. Yeah. And also because it's collaborative, they've all taken it and done you know stuff that I wouldn't necessarily do and messed around with it in a really good way. So actually, the collaborative way that it's been done makes it feel more like yeah. a group than.
0: Was any of it hard?
1: Yeah, Unchained Melody still can get me.
0: Okay, so a lot of the play... I won't
1: tell you guys that. That's the first
2: time I've told you. That's okay. <laughs> the
0: first thing. A lot of the plays is. Uh, set to music of the time, and it spans a uh, three or four different decades, isn't it? The five, five, five decades. I mean, take music from the time, perform it live, and we, well, they do various dance bits to it, which I do poorly Very well. alongside them, <laughs> awkwardly and uh, poorly alongside them.
1: But you still, you still got a lot of uh, joy from it, hopefully. Don't oh you? yeah, yeah.
0: My dancing is ninety percent enthusiasm, <laughs> less than ten percent talent. Um, okay, so music played an important, played a more.
1: Yeah. Was that song
0: significant to him?
1: I think it was my mum and dad's wedding song
0: right Okay, yeah.
1: um Or well, it was their song and it's still like it gets me it yeah. really I um, if I think about if I let my mind go there which I can do but I choose not to yeah. it will get me but the it's interesting because actually because I'm getting married in March yeah. and I'm walking down the aisle to stand by me um, which is also which I don't think has anything to do with my parents, but has really attached itself to my parents through that show, um, and probably me romanticising their story because they have a little bit of a fight in that story, but they really did fight. We couldn't put that on stage. We could right. not put what they actually did on stage because it would look like domestic violence. Okay.
2: okay.
1: Um, which it wasn't, <laughs> but uh, we had to tone it down a lot. But I think really that. That show is my 11-year-old version of a romantic story of my mum and dad. And so when my mom saw it, she was like, it wasn't really like that, but you've got an essence of it that I wouldn't have thought that you'd had. So, yeah, I think in a way maybe it is me going back a little bit, putting out what I thought it was. But, yeah. Also, you've got to remember, I'm pressing a button during that show. Yeah. And I have to focus so I don't mess it up. But I... In rehearsals sometimes... Yes, if I let myself, but I'm also like, I've got to do my job, so I can't, but during the show, when it's done, I'm like, okay, it's a a show now, it's it's happening, it's not got anything to do with me, people are crying, and then going outside and smoking, which confuses me so much. Um, How
0: many people said, watching this play, all I want to do is have a cigarette, because we're smoking throughout the whole play, everyone is smoking throughout the whole play, everyone goes, oh, i just
1: want to have a fag. like, oh God. I don't know, the crying gets me, because I'm like, it's not, I don't really get why you're crying.
0: But your mum cried when she saw
1: it. So you said she didn't, but you guys said she did.
0: I wasn't watching her during that (laughs) scene. Roxanne, who's one of the actresses who says the last line. Well, she is,
1: she plays my mum. She plays your Mm mum and she did
0: the last line, I think, and she's. She caught your mum's eye as the lights went down. I was
1: so stressed when my mum went to see it because it's all very well like you and your mates doing this and you've got. I've got artistic ownership of it. Yeah my mum going to see it, and it being her story, because it's not me on mm-hmm. stage, it's someone playing Jennifer Crozier, being her and then reading her letter, and we didn't read my letter, and we read my letter in the rehearsal process, I don't know if you were there for that. No. Oh my God, there was this rehearsal day in France where I brought the letters in, and I was like, guys, I'm a little bit nervous about this because it's quite personal, and it might, and actually it wasn't, it wasn't like it's personal, I'm a bit scared of it, it was, it's really personal. you might think I'm a bit wanky. <laughs> But I think it'd be really important to bring this in yeah. because I think it it's something real in this madness that we've made. And um, they were like, oh, oh I don't know. Oh, I don't know. And then we sat down and Harry read the letters. He read the one for me and one for my... They were all, like, destroyed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. Right, like, well, we're not putting that in then because they were all a bit of a mess. And then they were like, we have to put this in. Yeah. And I was like, well, you're all crying," And they're like, that's the point. And yeah. I was like, no, uh... I don't know, they, and then they were like, it's the first time it's hit me that it's a true story. For sure. But I think it's really unusual. It's a really unusual situation in hindsight to have a group of n- people who I now count as my closest friends, who I'd known for a year and a bit, in this weird school in Paris, sit down and read two letters that your father has written to both yourself and your mum. Yeah. In, yeah, in hindsight, that's quite a personal thing to do. Yeah. But Plus, it
0: I think it's I think I'm right in saying not a single member of the cast had lost a parent. Is that right in saying that?
1: Yeah, you are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So none of us are no. used to this. And it's something so private that you shared it. And I asked what I'd like you to do now is to read the letter that your oh, yeah. dad sent your mum. And that is an incredibly personal thing to ask, but as soon as you've already put it in a play <laughs> and you accept no, it I'm, left, I'm left. not putting it on the spot. I asked you prior to this if you'd be comfortable to, to read it.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think it's beautiful. The reason I want to include it is because it's such a honest so beautifully written Mm. and it was the most effective part of the play and this is what got people and I don't want you to cry I don't want me to cry I don't want people listening to cry but I think it is worth sharing so could you please have the honour
1: okay it must have been terrible for you but you stuck at it as if these things happened every day you are the best nurse I could have dreamed of You have been my shoulder to cry on, my rock in troubled times, and I have caused a few troubles in my time. You have pulled me back from the brink many times in the past, and for that I am eternally grateful. I may not always show it, but please know it to be true. I love you, Jen, with all my heart and soul, with a love that knows no bounds. I know strange things are happening to my body, as well you know. Very shortly you will be in charge of everything that happens to me. I leave you in control, knowing you will do everything with me in mind. I will close now thank you once again for everything my everlasting
0: love George I think one of the few positives that come out of knowing that someone is terminally ill is that they have the opportunity to write these sort of letters I'm sure anyone that loses a parent suddenly goes through that you know so Mm. many times what was my last conversation have been I'm going to love I I know that letters in particular throughout this whole series letters of Play such an important part in people's grieving process. Yes. A lot of people get letters written to them from friends and family when they pass. You've got one from your dad himself, which is, which is amazing. Have you got other letters? Is that something that has happened to you?
1: No. I've, um, I remember he sent, I think he sent five letters. Yeah. He sent one to me, one to my mum, one to my mum's friend, Eddie, who also died a few years later. Uh, of cancer which would have been again tough for my mum because she was his closest friend mm-hmm. uh, and then one to the man that was looking after me in London uh, who he'd known for three months really? saying please look after my daughter and take her on as as your own
0: have you read all those letters?
1: I have read my mum's mine and, and he sent one to his friend Tony I have not read Eddie's and Tony's but I found Richard's, the man that looked after me you like, found it? Found it.
0: You found it, or you went? <laughs> I
1: went. No, actually, I found. I actually did yeah, um, yeah. find it in a cupboard, and read it, and I was like, "Oh wow, this was a really different." I mean, sending a letter to a man you barely know, mm. saying I wish this wasn't happening, and I am worried about. I I'm worried and angry that I'm not going to be there for somebody, and could you please? And I know it's. A, I think that I, This is a general tone, but. I know it's a lot to ask, but I'm asking you it. And I've met you a few times, but I'm trusting you with this. I want you to bring her up as though she's your own.
2: Yeah.
1: That's a tough letter to write. I, don't, I mean, you must have had a lot of strength to write these letters because that's. It's like that thing where if you're in a plane going down, calling someone, what do you say? Yeah. Like, what can you say in this kind of letter? So.
0: Are you still close to that couple?
1: Yeah, yeah I am. I've been really bad this year, though, but at being in contact with anybody. But I uh he walked me down the aisle when I got married. Lovely. Um I mean it's it's not a parental relationship in a way. But they did bring me up. Which I is tough for my mum, I think.
0: For sure. And they
1: don't see I my mum and Richard don't see ICI They're yeah. very different.
0: Well they both do at your wedding? No,
1: no. They don't know I'm getting married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't told them. I've been really bad this year. Yeah,
0: well, you've had a lot of you, Yeah, the, in a way, the way that this differs to the previous people I've talked to mm. is that you dealt with it so long ago. Or well, you not dealt with it, you... No, you I know lost you your, No, I did, lost yeah, I know so what you
2: mean.
0: Um, and as a result, I know that no... One, Bells, in my last episode, said... Her mum said to her, you're never going to be okay with this. I guess as depressing as that sounds, it is true, you're never going to be totally fine with the fact you haven't got dad. Mm. But you are... Further along the process in the process of of living without a dad than than anyone else I've interviewed, okay. um, and seem, and I know that your comedy is is a part of dealing with it. Seem strong and as okay with it as you can be. Is that true? in saying Are you, do you still sort of think about it a lot? Is there a a secret of, the, of how you dealt with it? Is it a case of sharing it with people you love okay. now? You know how. Hmm. Where are you with it now?
1: I think everybody's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from a very particular background with a very weird. I came from like a very working class background, and then had an opportunity to be put in a in a quite upper middle class upbringing.
2: Yeah,
1: which is, you know, has changed a lot about who I am and where I fit and feeling like I don't fit, and I think. If I'd have been a bit closer to my family, it might have been different. I am very close with my family, but physically close to my family. I think it would be very different. I would say, uh, I can't give advice to anyone because everyone has their own thing. I think I started seeing somebody, like a a therapist, when I was, I think I started when I was 16. And I, I thought it was rubbish, so I didn't go. And then it kind of started coming out in ebbs and flows with different people. But I think if I'd have sat down and got, and if someone had said, look, I think you just need to go to therapy for a few weeks, just to chat about it. If you don't need it, don't. No one ever offered me that. And I think if I'd have had that, um, a lot more would have come out a lot earlier. I also, I sometimes think like, I don't know what my life would have been like with a dad. I don't know what it'd be like now. I can't imagine a life with a dad. Which, so I don't feel like I'm missing anything. You can't, I don't know.
2: Yeah.
1: But, so I got married very young because I grew up in a particular upbringing. And I, part of me thinks that if I'd had a dad that wouldn't have happened, he'd have looked out for me a little bit more and no, that it wasn't something I was, I was not hugely comfortable with what was going on. I'd, I think I'd kind have of felt a little bit more protected in my male relationships or maybe not, I don't know. But I, I feel like he would have had my back a little bit more on that. Whereas I think my mum just wanted to make sure I was okay. And like looked after, I was very old fashioned view of but like looked after yeah. and settled. Um, whereas I think my dad would have questioned that more. I think I have to be really careful with my relationships with men
2: mm-hmm.
1: and partners, not with like friends, but like partners and how much I expect of them and be really open about that. Cause I know it's something I do. Like if I'm in a relationship with somebody it's it's my, it's like my world. Like, they are like everything. And I will give it everything. Of my, and I can. I know I'm like quite harsh and quite, like sarcastic and stuff. But the person I'm with now knows I will do anything. Mm. I will move countries for the people, people I'm with. I'll do whatever they need. But I also expect that in return. And I think it's because of that. Yeah. But I think I'd have been a bit more chilled out if I if I had a dad, maybe. It, oh, I wonder what
0: the talks and that was linked to. She yeah, you got mm-hmm. married very young, and I remember we've spoken a, a lot about oh, yeah. you wanted to have kids young. That was the thing for you. Oh to. my
1: God! Yes. And yeah, you,
0: and that I know that your mum was very young when she when she had you and your no, sister. No, my mum was really old when she oh, had your mom? me. Okay, sorry, not was, like
1: not old, not really old. She's like, <laughs> she's like forty.
0: Okay, but my, your sister was very. My mum was 18
1: when she had my sister. My sister had a child when she was 19 and my other sister was 17 and they all had a child together. So they're all pregnant and they're on the front cover of Hello! magazine with Madonna. Yeah, yeah. And this weird photo where they're all just holding their bumps and being like, mum and two daughters pregnant at the same time. And we were all born within three months. So my nephews are all 28. Yeah. And 27, And my nieces had a child and so I've got a great nephew and it's all just really weird. But but
0: you you felt... um, Older, and we, you do like, I feel older, I'm not a kid. Yeah, well, I, I think other. because
1: my mum was 14, my dad was older than her, mm. and I'm really, I don't know how old he was. And yeah. I asked I asked her again recently, because my partner's mum said, how old was your dad when he died? And I was like, I've got no idea. Mm. Um, he was older than my mum, maybe nine years, seven years, I don't know. Older. Um, and so my mum's mm. nearly 70. So that means that he would have been like eight, 80, which is really like quite old. But I think growing up, they were old parents and they got really sick and I was starting university and my mum was really sick and my dad obviously died and I just think, I remember thinking like, I don't want to do that to my kids. I don't want to be a parent that when they are in teenage years are sick and I do get these weird thoughts every now and again where I, I was in Munich recently with my sisters and so my sister's 50th birthday party, well, it was like a trip away. My other sister's like 48 and I was like, when we get, because they have said something about, when you're 50, I'll be this age. Right. And I just remember thinking, like, my sister's gonna die a lot earlier than I am. And so is my mum. I'm always terrified my mum's gonna die, every time she calls me. If I get a phone call from my sister, I think my mum is dead.
2: Mm.
1: And I think that's a symptom of having a dead dad. But um, I realise that because I'm so much older, that's a lot of things are gonna happen earlier for me than other people. But that's such a weird age gap like 20 yeah. years between you and your sister is a weird age gap mm. and they've coped well with it because you're not their sister when you're growing up because they're really effectively well they had children of their own they were my aunts yeah generation wise but then when you start turning 18 19 they embraced me so much as a sister and became my sisters and they bridged that gap perfectly yeah so i yeah, that was really good.
0: But now you've since sort of put the brakes on that. So you've got, you've got a dog. Yeah. you have so sort of happy. Ooh, you love more. I than, love kids. You could beautiful. love a human baby. <laughs> Your dog's got more Instagram followers. Yeah. I can't, no, right? me too. Um, but, so you sort of put the brakes on that. I think you want to have kids in a couple of years. So well, again, I got married yes. and went through a divorce mm-hmm.
1: last year, which at the age of 28 is horrible. Mm-hmm. I would not recommend that. Um... I think actually getting married so young was part of security from not having, not having a dad and coming from a financial background I came from. And there was this feeling like, because all my family got married really young and all of the women haven't really had career ambitions, like that's what you do. And I think that was in my mind, whether or not I wanted it to be. And this is pre like the Me Too movement and, you know, so I decided, like I got married, I felt like I had to be, like, a wife. I would always put... I know everyone would say the opposite of this, that I know in my family, because they've got a very particular view of what women should be. But I didn't really put what I wanted to do first. So I lived in... I was on and off in China for a little bit with that person, who is lovely as well. I've got not a bad word to say about that person. But, I like, those two years, I think, set me back two years career-wise. So when I came out of that divorce... Which was, sh- like, shook me to my core of, like, what? And again, I don't, I'm not really a big spiller with my friends. Like, they'll be aware that something's happening. I'll tell them. But emotionally, it will always be my male partner. Yeah. Like, it will always be my boyfriend or partner who I will uh, be emotional with. And, I like, that, I think, divorce is very difficult. And it's a different, com- complete, massive tangent. But that started bringing up a lot of stuff to do with my dad's. And I think it was, like, this big thing had happened, this big thing that shook me and shook what I thought my life was going to be. And the fact that it was the right thing to break up and get divorced, but the word divorce is is an entity in itself. and it's, It's really weird how people view you afterwards and how you view yourself. Even if you go, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're two people that just couldn't be together anymore. Legally, it's a really difficult thing to remove somebody from your life. But... I think a lot of people have, like, a safety net of their parents at my age. So a lot of people I know, like, their parent, they'll go live with their parents. And, like, my mum is, you know, my, again, because my dad was the main financial earner, I haven't had that safety net. So that, it was quite scary. I felt really, I remember feeling really scared and not thinking. I don't feel like I've had someone that can, like, catch me if something
2: yeah.
1: ends. But then when this happened... I started thinking more about career and what I wanted to do. And so I'm going to just go for it and see what happens. So then when I got with, when me and my new partner started going, I was like, I want to have kids before I'm 30. Um, But it's a really new relationship. I don't know if, I don't know if I can do that. I've, I've been with this other person for nine years on and off, which is a long time. And then suddenly you're with someone for like six months who is kind of on the same page as you and is, is a lot more actually a lot more committed than I was like really there I was a mess
2: mm.
1: and him you know being like I'm happy to have kids if you want to have kids not pushing for it but like if you want to do it I will do it and me being like okay I don't know if I can do this right now but still knowing that I don't want to be old yeah not that 30s old but I don't know I think yeah I think mm. I think, I know it's going to happen, but we got a dog just to see if we could uh, cope with it.
0: Yeah, But you can. Yeah,
1: <laughs> lack of sleep is hard. Is lack of sleep with a dog? Yeah, for the first three weeks. I don't think we slept. Was it in the bed? It wasn't supposed to be. But it was. He is now.
0: Yeah, I can see the kind of mum you're going to be. Could what I mean? is
1: that? Because I can't, I think I'm going to be really horrible. Quite harsh. Probably tell them that their dad can die at any moment. <laughs> 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 oh, my
0: God. I hope you're not, that's not talking about. No, I wouldn't do that. I will be really dying. Nice. Yeah, how do, you th- how do you think it will, honestly, I do not think it will affect the way you parents, Yeah, you know, the fact that you've you grown up with one? Do you think, would you mm-hmm. send your kid to school in other cities? No, Is that ha- decision no. you think should no. happen? No, I would work? never do that.
1: Okay. I know why my parents did it, and I yep. respect my mum for doing it. Um, I think she has regrets about it. But I wouldn't do it to my kids. I would, again, because my partner's got a very complicated relationship with his parents and not is not very close with his dad at all. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be an incredible dad. Yeah. I really, really think he's going to be... I think he's really nervous about it. He doesn't think he will be because he doesn't think his dad was. But I think he's going to be amazing. And I think I think it'll be really interesting to see that.
2: Yeah.
1: And if that, like... If I, this is a really weird thing to think about. I suppose, like, if he if we had a daughter, that relationship would be really important to me, and I think I would very much try and make sure that was really important.
2: Yeah.
1: But I I don't know what a father daughter relationship should be like. I don't really know because you talk a lot about mother daughter relationships. No. I don't know what are what are
2: what are uh, father daughter
0: relationships. I'm meant not to a be girl, like? so it's no for me to take. But it's sort of the the special one, isn't it? I, isn't I just like that in the last episode that mother, uh, daughter, father relationship is always sort of mystical and this sort of <laughs> magical thing, and that I've never obviously experienced. I've always looked at it from the outside. Have
1: you yeah. got Have you got many female friends who are really close with their dads?
0: Yeah, yeah. I would say most of my female friends are really close to their dads. What yeah. is
1: that? Re- are they like there to guide them or there to like what um, is What is it?
0: Often I think, like, the dad can be, like, the one that lets you get away with more, you know? Okay, yeah. Mom's like, don't tell your mother, that sort of role. But yeah, that's
1: which, yeah, which,
0: yeah. Which, obviously, daughters love. Yeah. But then you also get the dads who are not the emotional ones, you know, the ones that you can't talk deeply to because it's your dad, so we talk to mum instead, I think. There's, I know a few dads.
1: I don't know. Like I think in Yorkshire, there's they're less feminist than mm-hmm. London. And a lot less feminist than the way that I am. Um, I I don't really like the word feminism, where my family, I won't say the whole of Yorkshire. I don't know if my dad and I would have seen eye to eye. Because he's from such a working class background. And his life was like going, like, he grew up in a Polish prisoner of war camp that had been... Did you know? You knew this. No. Your face was like, "What?" Yes. Um, so he grew up. I forgot we did a lot of character work before you came in. Um, yeah. So he grew up as one of nine in Scotland, um, and he was um, in a Polish prisoner of war camp, which they turned into like weird housing. We went to visit it when we scattered my dad's ashes in Scotland. Actually, that's something that's really useful. Having a grave or like a place you can go to is really useful. Really? I don't have that. I just... We scattered his ashes.
0: And you would prefer...
1: I would prefer, like, somewhere to go. Really? And just be like...
0: But the place that you scattered the ashes is that place. It's like...
1: I don't know where it is.
0: Really?
1: God, no. It's, like, some forest in Scotland.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I was actually thinking about this last night. Yeah. I would rather have my ashes scattered to another place. Yeah,
1: me too. But I, as that's... a kid of somebody, please give me somewhere to go.
0: Really,
1: yeah. Or actually... This is a complete tangent, but you know what you're saying, like, how your friends could be a bit, like not more helpful but like I think it would be nice if my friends on the 11th of February actually every time we've been in every every year since we started Ash I've been in a rehearsal room with Um yeah. on my dad's death day it'd be nice to like go for a drink I think but because my friends don't know my family I can't really do that yeah I should probably set that up
0: I just hear all of your friends can't listen to this scribbling down no one particular be it'll be
1: 11th. one particular friend it'll be Alex just being like oh I'm going to put this in my diary
0: oh, now." flowers <laughs> and chocolates and then, yeah.
1: no but I think yeah like it for me it's an event the yeah. 11th of February I know what's mm-hmm. happening even though it's a tense but the 11th of February it's an event it happened yeah and I think like my like some of my friends get really like careful about it and I'm like oh i not you don't need to be careful about mm. it it happened but what were we talking about just before I did that tangent Oh, my dad grew up in this so prison of a walkout yeah. uh, where it was like a corrugated iron house and it didn't have hot water. And he used to like bathe in a it, madness what he grew up in. And he used to walk to school in pimples in snow and really hard, top upbringing. I think his dad was an alcoholic, went to work in the mines, never sent money home. So my dad went to work in the mines and sent money home to his mum. So it's really like he, he had a really absolute opposite Background yeah. to what I currently am, and I because I, I would really describe myself as coming from a working class background, but very much not working class now. Yeah, and I really like stereotype middle class, live in Hackney, do you know what I mean? Sausage dog, all of that, <laughs> which I think he would have hated. But then he's also put me on a platform to do that to do that, and which is is a struggle with my family because my mum would be like, you're not really from Yorkshire, and like you're just really completely. I had a little tiff with her the other day about it. I was like, you can't like take that away from me. Like I grew up in Yorkshire, I'm from Yorkshire. You're all in Yorkshire. You're saying I'm not from Yorkshire. Like, what is this? So I don't know how I would have gotten on with my dad. But in my head, it's a little bit like the Billy Elliot thing. Explain. (laughs) You know, the dad at the end is like, actually Billy Elliot really gets me. But like, you know, the dad at the end, he goes to like the ballet with his son that he's not quite accepted, but he's accepted and it's beautiful because he's accepted it. I feel like that probably would have been kind of similar to our relationship.
2: Yeah.
1: In that I don't know, maybe he wouldn't have liked what I'm doing, but maybe he'd have been proud of me for maybe doing it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know. I don't think he'd like my more feminist stuff though.
0: Oh modernise
1: up eventually. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think I told my family I was doing a feminist kids show last week and they were like, Hmm, okay then. Really? And I had to explain it's not that feminist. So
0: Are they gonna come?
1: I, don't, I haven't seen many of my shows recently. No,
0: probably because you don't know invite them. I don't no, know I do. you, no, I do. I know. I do. I do. I do. I do. Do you want to be in the room when they're watching it?
1: Yeah, I would have loved them to see, have seen Just Lose It. Yeah. But they, I think they got upset with me because I did an interview for like a radio station where I said. Every time I go home, the first thing my family say to me is, have you gained weight or lost weight? Like They'll, they'll be like, oh, you've gained weight, or have you... So it used to make me really nervous to go home yeah. if I gained weight.
0: Now, just as it was a play that we did afterwards about weight loss for Yes.
1: Like, Very immersive. Great. Wonderful show. But basically...
0: They made you self-conscious from asking
1: Yeah, from asking about weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, that's a really female thing um, in our family. Like, really obsessed with weight in our family. But... They used to make me really nervous to go home and I said it in an interview and I think they got upset with me and they never ever, ever mention if I've gained or lost weight whenever I see them now which wow. is, oh, it makes me feel awful
0: Is it the elephant in the room you're waiting for them to ask?
1: No, I just know they're thinking it but I think right, they've yeah. gone like, oh wow, we really we didn't know that about her but I, I heard from my one of my sisters my other sister was a bit, a bit upset that they'd said it mm-hmm. that I'd said it and I was like, well it's true but um, they got over it yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Well, that's interesting. I am uh I usually end these podcasts by asking you what advice you'd give firstly to someone who's just lost a parent, but you said that you struggle with and know what to say because I haven't so long ago.
1: I would I mean, not advice, but just words of kindness which would be that it's if, if anyone has lost a parent and recently from someone that is now 17 years after that has happened and that seems mad that it's 17 years it does get better and it you do you'll go through a lot of different things but you will get to a point in your life where i don't agree with saying that you'll never be okay with this yeah because i am okay with it and um, you know there's a part of me that will wish it had never happened but i also don't think i'd be the person i am today if it hadn't mm. And I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason, not like a divine reason, but you know again, everybody will lose their parents at some point and unfortunately it just happened earlier. And it does make you a different person. It makes you very strong when once you've gone through it. Um, and it also makes you much more emotionally in tune with other people, I would say and know, and maybe knowing that and also understanding that, things may be happening under the surface a lot. So with other people I see when I see people who are acting in an odd way, I always want to know why. So I will really try and befriend befriend people who I think of I'm like, why are they being like that? And then try and get to the core of that. So I know everyone takes a nick out of me for me like I ask loads of questions. Yeah, yeah. But I I think that's come from like some I don't think people often understand maybe some things that I do. mm um, so I want to know why so I think it will make you more in tune with other people later on so I think just being aware of that
0: yeah Yeah. Um, and the the other question i like asking is and you've already given us one bit of advice is what advice would you give to someone whose best friend has just lost a parent now you mentioned that getting in touch on their death day is a big one which actually a few people have said death day or father's day
1: have they said that?
0: yeah people have said because you know not a day that you're obviously thinking about it all day if someone even tunes and just sends a text that can mean a lot I'm
1: I'm really desensitised so I'm like you know how some people will really get upset about the fact that many corporations are sending emails on Father's Day being like the perfect Father's Day gift and they'll get really upset about it that's yeah. not me mm-hmm. I mean I'd prefer it not to happen yeah. I mean ever because I, I don't know when Father's Day is actually I don't know what month it is is it May?
0: I'm all clear. Nor my dad, so that's all right. Mum just gives me a card to give to him and I'll do
1: that. <laughs> um I mean, so I'm a little bit less sensitive. I, I think know your friend. I mean, you will because they're your best friend.
2: Mm.
1: So I would... If my best friend died, like a dad died, I, I'd ask them what they need um, and just let them know I'm there. I'm sure everybody said that.
0: like. No one said ask what they need, actually.
1: Okay, ask them what they need, because some people will need to cry, and some people will need to talk about it, and some people will need to shut off, but I think just letting someone know, and not just once, I think, like, it's a really weird balance, because it's also, like, you don't want to talk about it every time you see someone. Mm. I think just, like, letting them know that you're there is a good thing. Depends how old you are. Yeah. If it's teenage, if I think if a child's dad has died... I think when they're about 15 or 16, like, check in with them. Um, I think that's a good thing. But if it, if it was my age, 26 20 to 28 to 30, would be like, what do you need? Because yeah. um, I think there's a lot of fam- family stuff that comes with it.
0: For sure. But yeah. Thank you. Right, I want to end this by saying that I, I heard recently that nobody is truly dead until the last person that loves them dies. And with that in mind, I want to thank you for being so brave and open enough to talk with us today. Thank you for making a play about your dad's life and thank you for keeping his memory alive by allowing us all to fall in love with him through that story. Anna, you are an extraordinary ordinary person that I feel lucky to have met and want all the best for because I think you absolutely deserve it. So thank you so much for joining me today, Anna.
2: Thank you.